And thanks for joining us now on KVCR for KVC Arts, arts and entertainment as well as the people and places providing it. I'm David Fleming. On this edition of the program, we'll hear from Amy Robbins. Amy is a woodworker with pendants and sculptures, some of which capture an idea or image, and some of which quite abstract while highlighting some beautiful pieces of a tree or bush which might normally be discarded. Amy, I'd love for people to be able to see some of your work as we speak. So primarily, folks can see and purchase your work at etsy.com shop slash Phoebe's Forest. And Phoebe's Forest, uh, no apostrophe there. So it's etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest, P-H-O-E-B-E-S-F-O-R-E-S-T. People can also see your work, I believe, on Instagram as well? Sure. On Instagram, they can find me at, at Woodenheart, and it's W-O-O-D-N, like Nancy, and it's H-A-R-T dot Phoebe's Forest. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. A heart like a deer, like a stag then, in that case. Okay. Yes, okay, cool. <laughs> correct. So let's start this way. When did this, or maybe how, did this become more than something just you know, neat for yourself? Whatever you were doing in your professional life, as I told Shireen the other day, you were probably mm-hmm. the type to bend down and pick up a stick because it had an interesting curve or <laughs> notice a knot in the wood that just creates a picture. So uh, I guess we're looking at the transition from that point to, hey, I can start doing this. This is what I do. Right, right. It's kind of an interesting story. My husband and I decided to move up to the mountains, and we live here in Angeles Oaks, to escape the busy city life. And we actually, we had quite a bit of clearing work that had to be done around our property in order for it to be fire safe and be approved by our insurance company. And, you know, my my experience with wood has been limited in the past to what you see in the lumber stores. This yeah. is, sorry, it's boring. <laughs> <laughs> and when we had an arborist come out to our property and start cutting branches and actually felling trees, I was so in awe of this work. And I would then inspect the wood and was just completely blown away by, you know, black locusts and cedar and oak and just all the different variations in the wood grains and the colors. And it was just so exciting. I just had never seen anything like it in my life. And I was smitten at that point and continued to, now, mind you, at that point in time, I didn't have any power tools. Mm. So I actually had some of my dad's old hand saws, I mean, old school hand saws. And I was trying to figure out (laughs) ways to cut slices from these trees so that I could find new and different things. And so that's how it started. That's how I found wood in the first place. And it kind of morphed into more of that after I started finding in our community burls, and especially root burls. I'm not sure if you're familiar with our, but there's a lot of fire abatement that takes place in and around our community. Oh, absolutely. And now I'm so glad you started off with Burl because pretty much I did too. So this is not the (laughs) most common of words associated with trees or, so let's just start, if you could tell people what a Burl or a, a Burl section is. So trees and bushes have 
lot of them do have burls. And a burl can be something in the ground as part of a root that, you know, disfigures itself. And when you actually cut the wood, it has some just gorgeous, interesting grain. And burls can also form as a result of stress on a tree. So if you, you know, some of the most common burls that you might see, say, up here in the forest would be on oak trees. They just look like gnarly growths. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also have little burls that form called wasp galls, where wasps actually have their larvae in these mm. little burls on the trees. And those are a whole other <laughs> interesting piece in it themselves, but... Down in the city, some of the trees that you might notice that have burls on them or these phenomenal growth are pepperwood trees. I know olive trees are just notorious for having these very prominent burls on them as well. So just think of something that is causing the tree some sort of stress and it's its reaction to it. Okay. And it's they're highly sought after because they're beautiful and, and the grain is a lot tighter and you have swirls and a whole other piece that comes into play too is oftentimes burls will have salting, which is some sort of fungus has mm. attacked the tree and it's responding to this invader by creating these beautiful colors. So that's it. So it creates colors then. I I wonder, in some cases, does it also cause hollowed-out areas, little pits, for lack of a... I guess a a negative way, you say, oh, there's a pit in the wood. But for us, it's like, ooh, there's a great (laughs) recessed area. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes, that's true. And a lot of the burls that you would see that have these fabulous voids, which, you know, in years past, it was always kind of a negative to have these voids in the wood. But Now it's sought after, and it adds so much character to a piece. These voids form, for example, in our area, we have a lot of bushes here. They're high in resin, and they're high-fuel plants. One of the first to be bulldozed, and that's why I get to see these roots Mm -hmm. and root burls. But they grow around primarily up here on our mountain, and the granite then forms these crevices and if you can imagine all the dirt that packs into the voids too and you're cleaning out the burls you know you have those areas exposed are you doing high pressure water spray how are you getting the little (laughs) tiny bits of yuck out of there (laughs) that's a great question (laughs) actually i found some really interesting yucky things inside of those voids anything from little insects that have expired to (laughs) even pieces. I remember one time cutting open a burl that had, it was almost amber, you know, where you have, I mean, it's just gorgeous pouring out of the burl. And you probably heard me down in the valley exclaiming, what is this? It's so beautiful. (laughs) But I do find a lot of mica inside the burls, Mm. um, a lot of really interesting stones. I, I think I've found a few keepers, definitely, and things that even resemble opals. But anyways, I do cut the burls. You know, these are not things that you can... I don't have a bandsaw, but even if you did have a bandsaw, it's definitely not something you would want to right. <laughs> run through a bandsaw. I've seen the effects and I've seen burls shoot out across someone's garage before because they've hit granite within the burl. But I actually have a clamping device called a jaw horse, 
and I secure the burls in there, and I use my reciprocating saw with a, a nine-inch blade, and I, it's very time-consuming, but I actually cut the burls with the reset saw. Mm. And after I've cut them, I do have a, a wire brush where I'll scrub the outside. It's really hard to pressure wash on my end just because, you know, most of the time up here in the mountain it's cold. <laughs> and oh, yeah. we do have water restrictions, so I, <laughs> I can't be out in the yard pressure washing. Mm. So I end up picking out all of these little dirt and stones and rocks with a variety of tools. I have everything from larger picks to even needles when I need to get in there and and root out some of those little tiny pieces. Oh, nice, nice. Now, I saw a post not too long ago where you... uh... Well, you were proclaiming your frustration with uh, really uh, blowing out blades on your reciprocating saw because you keep on hitting the stones uh, within uh, the burls. So, okay, yeah, I can, uh, believe me, I can sympathize and I can relate with that very action, that happening. But with on your end of things, I would almost see it as, gosh, sometimes some of these stones that are embedded in, could they end up being mm-hmm. polished and really being a part of it? Or is it just something in the way at this mm-hmm. point? Typically, there's something in the way. Okay. And most of the stones that are, for example, in the chemise root burls, they're not something you can necessarily cut through. Mm-hmm. I'm merely displacing them within the burl. But I do sometimes, depending on the stone that's inside, some things are softer and can cut through. I can cut through with the reset blade. But it's definitely something that in order to, say, for example, I'm taking a root burl and I'm needing to level the bottom so that I can use it and work with it as a vase piece, I definitely want to be able to cut that entirely. However, there are a lot of really cool stones. I recently posted a Manzanita root burl piece that has a little tiny stone that I did sand and it almost resembles a tiny little opal. Mm. So yes, I, I whenever it's possible and they're not loose, I am able to sand them from the outside. But it has been kind of an interesting process. Bless my husband's heart, Alfred. He, mm-hmm. he even tried to, well, he actually took the chop saw out into the yard and thought we might be able to cut through some of the shimmy fruit burls. It did not work. Mm. It was a flop. Oh. <laughs> and smoke was coming out of our yard. Oh. <laughs> it did not work well. So, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Well, I wanna, I'm going to remind people over and over as we go through this of where they can see your works because that's, you know, talking about music is one thing. I can be playing it in the background, but we're talking about items that people want to see and and even touch, mm-hmm. and we'll we'll get to that right. in a little bit as well. But... So we're talking about Etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest. And again, no apostrophe, Phoebe's Forest. You're going to know that you're at the right spot when you see the bunny ears looking over some misty (laughs) mountains. Uh, Is the rabbit Phoebe? Yes, the rabbit is Phoebe. And Phoebe has actually passed away a couple years ago. Oh, But she was my, it's okay, (laughs) she was my inspiration for the shop and was my my shop assistant. She actually 
sat underneath my sander during the day, was not afraid of my chainsaws or any of the noise associated with my power tools. And she would just hop along, follow me around, and and I thought, well, this is perfect. I'm going to name the shop after her. And her favorite spot in the yard after hours was up on the deck. And she used to overlook all of the trees and the mountains here in the forest. And kind of, it was her forest. So perfect. <laughs> that's how I came up with the name Phoebe's Forest. Back now with KVC Arts, I'm David Fleming. Many past programs can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And most past shows are at kvcrnews.org slash arts. Let's go back now to local artist Amy Robbins, a woodworker who rather rescues pieces of wood and really transforms them into something beautiful. Amy's on Instagram at woodnheart. Dot Phoebe's Forest. So Wood, the letter N, H-A-R-T, dot Phoebe's Forest. And yet, no apostrophe there. You can also see and purchase works at etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest. Now, Amy, there's a section on this Etsy site which allows a person to click and see pieces of yours which have already been sold. Can a person contact you and say, I, I saw this piece or, or that piece and I want something like it, even though this one's already been sold? Oh, absolutely. And one of my favorite things is creating custom pieces. And I love working within people's budgets and I'm I'm happy to do so. Beautiful. Absolutely. All right. All right. And one thing, one thing to mention on Etsy too, is if you're doing a search for a particular shop, Etsy goes by, everything is all just one word. So if you're going into the search area within Etsy, it would be Phoebe's Forest, all one word. Gotcha. There we go. In order to find the shop. Oh, I'm glad right. you said that. I, I tried a, a few variations. I was finally successful, but I don't remember if I finally got it right or just finally took the link that Shereen <laughs> provided for me. So, oh, but, right, um, right. Yeah, that one worked. You know, okay, so gosh, when people go there, and hopefully, you know, generally speaking, I I try not to steer people right away from what we're talking about, but in this case, it would be a great companion uh, as we speak about it so so they can see some of the things that we're talking about. Some of these uh, burl pieces, uh, you might imagine it as it's a crosscut of maybe a base piece of a tree or a root section and uh, sanded, polished. Some are very, mm, I don't want to say random is not the right word, but uh, uh, some are just what the shape happens to be. And then other items, you have, oh, some very simple uh, birds that are attached to some uh, logs that they're just, you know, a bird in a tree, and it's sold like that, and quite nice. And so I have to say that a lot of the wood pieces that you're working with, I've thought of it's almost like a rescue operation or or say adopting the pet that nobody else wanted uh, you know a lot of people who are after lumber are cutting away this portion so mm-hmm. um, so let me see so I saw a piece which a couple of us just swore that it had to have been done with a lathe but the nice thing about Etsy, or at least your section, uh-huh. at the very least, in the description it stated, no lathe was used. It's sort of a, 
Oh, it's a vase, and so at the top, it's nice and round, and of course, a hole in the top, but then it goes into the more random piece of how the wood happened to be uh, beyond polishing and sanding. So in, do you ever use a lathe, or is this all handcrafted? What kind of tools do you use? There we go. Finally formalize that question. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a great question. I, I do not own a lathe, and okay. I have never operated a lathe, and at this point in time, I actually am not all that interested in trying one, believe it or not. Mm. My husband has offered to buy me one for Christmas, and I have turned him down for a few years now. Oh, Amy. And there's something, I know, right? <laughs> there's something really exciting and challenging about taking something to the finish line without these special tools. I mean, not having a bandsaw, not having you know, not having an indoor workshop. I actually work outside and have to haul all my things out of a storage area to work with things. But uh, it's primarily my sanders. So I have a belt sander Hmm. and I have my reset saw and my orbital sander. And I actually was a recipient back in 2020 of an individual artist micro grant awarded by Arts Connection in San Bernardino. Oh, yeah. I know the organization, yeah. Yeah, they're wonderful, and I I would love to give them a plug later. But they actually gifted me $500, which enabled me, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's huge when you're a, a new artist and you don't have the tools that enable you to do what you want to do. And you're blowing so up blades. So I was able to purchase So I was able to purchase a couple of really nice carving tools. So I have an ArborTech tool and a a mini carver, which is wonderful. And I also have a turbo planer, which is (laughs) for actually leveling huge pieces of wood. You can can take a log and, and level wood with it. Oh, wow. Okay. So we're talking large, large. Okay. Okay. Yes. Which at times I do things on a larger scale as well, but I do prefer smaller pieces. Okay. But that's that's pretty much what I have. <laughs> you have the the Etsy page with the pieces that you've created, and then as I mentioned, that links to pieces that you've sold as well. But now then, there's another page for let's say unfinished uh, or parts, even let's say even vials, small vials of sawdust. Now. I guess I'm asking why. Is this a result of people reaching out to you? They, they want to do what you do, but they're lacking the resources? It's actually, when I first started Phoebe's Forest, I was selling primarily finished burl slices. So if you can imagine small manzanita root burl slices, chamise, cyanosis, which is mountain lilac. And people were using these for epoxy resin projects. Sure. especially for small coasters and trays that they're working on. And they're also using the burl slices to display their say, rock mineral collections. Oh, yeah, nice. And Yeah, and just for their own burl wood collection. But I, I started receiving a lot of requests for finished burl pieces for people to use in their projects with, you know, specs and special requests on a regular basis. So I thought, well, shoot, you know, I really love creating things 
and I love helping people make things. So I decided to open up this other shop, which just specializes in finished pieces. And the little vial that you mentioned that's full of sawdust, I actually do quite a bit of inlay work, and I love working with sawdust. (laughs) It, It provides a really interesting option opposed to just using stones, which can be really hard to to sand and finish, depending on the type of wood you're working with as well. So that was just something interesting that I had a lot of leftover sawdust from one of my projects and decided to to include it in my shop. Excellent. Well, now that is at etsy.com slash shop slash PF Maker Supplies. So Phoebe's Forest, PF Maker Supplies. Okay. Exactly. And uh, okay, so and that's again now in addition, I'm gonna, as I mentioned, keep on mentioning this uh, the site where people can see your works for sale and those that have been sold. Etsy.com/shop/phoebe'sforest with uh, no apostrophe. Okay. So yeah, um, now, Shireen, her name has come up a, a couple of times. Uh, coworker and the connector between you and I and uh, one of your neighbors. She felt like with some of your work. It's very much a tactile experience, okay? So, yeah, yeah, you can look at it. It's pretty great. But you also, mm-hmm. you want to touch it. You want to run your hands over it, not only exploring the smooth, but then there's all these rough parts as well, whether it's an old burned-out area or, you know, who knows, just something jagged that belonged in the finished piece. When you were starting to do this, you know, uh, one way that you could look at this is, sanding something down but not going all the way with it you know maybe a poor comparison would be (laughs) when you're peeling a potato okay (laughs) you go right over it but then there's the parts that are still a little bit pitted and there's still a part remaining as you uh, smooth out the other areas this is what's happening with the wood pieces as well so again i guess how did this kind of thing start where you were were you actually trying to sand something down, and then before you were finished, decided, oh, well, no, gosh, that's cool. I, I, I need to stop there. That's usually how it works. A lot of times, though, I, I do see things in the wood pieces that I'd like to keep as raw and natural as possible. Mm-hmm. And I, I love contrast. So you may see a few pieces where it's completely smooth, and then all of a sudden it's like, wow, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's in its natural state. And it's just exciting to me to do different things and not have things so perfect and polished all the time, though the areas that are sanded are perfectly polished and smooth and, and delightful to touch, actually. Um, I don't know if you if anyone's ever struggled with perfectionism. Mm. Something really exciting about <laughs> being able to to break free of that, and you know the anxiety that comes along with perfectionism, and take things almost to the finish line too, but not complete it. Right. It's, it's very satisfying, and it's very it's very freeing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's <laughs> a when making art, it's really sometimes the tough point is knowing when to stop and sometimes it's it's easily at the quote unfinished stage so that's just something that i really appreciate about the pieces that i've seen 
And I think some of these birds on the logs that I was referring to earlier, those may have been some of those pieces where it's very sanded and polished even, but then there are these uh, pits, that, that negative pit word. The, we decided mm-hmm. to call it a beautiful recess instead of a beautiful recessed area. Okay, so so that's, a, I guess, an example there that people can find at etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest. Now, there's a piece that I saw, Amy, I believe it was in the sold section, which I, I'm reading as too late. I can't have that piece. It, uh, but <laughs> now it's a piece that I think was called Fire Dragon or maybe Dragon's Fire. You know the piece I'm talking about? Oh, I, I do. It's, a, it's actually Dragon Kite. Dra- okay, that's it. Okay, so it really caught my eye. And this is really, it's a, it's a burl slice. It's a, it's a, you know, a cross-section slice of a, of a burl or base area. Uh, but what I really wonder about, I suspect this was something which you saw in the piece of wood. It was already there, and so you just recognized it as such and then polished it and, and named it as such. Uh, is this always the case, or are you ever carving in a specific design? Well, I guess we did just mention the birds, but with some of these more random things like the burl pieces that we keep going back to, are you ever going in with an intentional design, or is it always a case of let's let that wooden piece tell us what it wants to be? <laughs> I, th- I think it's half and half, actually. Some pieces I can see in my mind what they'll look like when they're finished. Mm-hmm. And then others, they completely dictate what they're going to be. <laughs> I mean, you can take True. a piece and, and wish for it to be a, a vase or a candle holder or what have you, and and the wood will say, no, mm-hmm. I've decided already I'd like to be a small jewelry piece, and you have to go with it. But a lot of these things, just as I'm carving, and you're having to work around so many things in the wood. You know, you're, you're working, I call them critter trails. Mm. You know, Manzanita is notorious for the worms and, and bugs that live in the wood, and you really have to work around these critter trails because they're not very attractive. <laughs> and so that gives way to a completely different piece or a, a way of transforming it into something that you hadn't really thought of or imagined before. That's Amy Robbins. You can see so much of Amy's work at Etsy.com slash shop slash Phoebe's Forest. And again, Phoebe's Forest, no apostrophe mark there, P-H-O-E-B-E-S-F-O-R-E-S-T, pendants, sculptures, and more. Also, if you're wanting to create pieces in the same vein, Amy can help you there as well. Go to etsy.com slash shop slash supplies. Again, that's etsy.com slash shop slash supplies. More with Amy on the next KVC Arts. In the meantime, as we wrap this edition of the program, thanks to Amy Robbins and KVCR's Shereen Awad for arranging this one. Also at KVCR, thanks to Lillian Vasquez and Rick Dulock. Many past KVC Arts can be found through iTunes, NPR One, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and most past shows are at kvcrnews.org arts. Music beds and themes heard on KVC Arts. Behind us now, for example composed and performed by Sean Longstreet. So thanks to Sean as well. I'm David Fleming. Thanks especially to you for listening 
and for your support. Give any time of the year at kvcrnews.org support. And thanks again.